Welcome to the FedHeads, a weekly podcast from GuideHouse. Join the FedHeads each week as Robert Shea and a celebrity guest host talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to another episode of FedHeads. I'm joined again by my colleague Donna Roy. Donna, thanks for being here. Oh my goodness, thank you for having me. And um, I've got a pretty juicy, I'd like to say it's a scary topic because it's Halloween, but it's not necessarily so. We're going to talk with my good friend, Data Foundation President Nick Hart, about the annual release of the Chief Data Officer Survey. Nick, thanks for being on FedHeads again. Great to be here. Thanks, Robert. You might be one of our most frequent guests now, which reminds me we're probably going to have to come up with a Prize. If you were here in person, I'd give you some Halloween candy or something, since it is Halloween. Happy Halloween. Oh, happy Halloween. What are you going as? You know, I haven't decided. I, maybe something scary in the data world, like a, an MOU or, I don't know, I'll have to come up with something good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> an information sharing agreement. That's yeah. right. So, Nick, uh, we're once again having released a survey of chief data officers. You're one of the people most attuned to that community. Any reflections on what we learned in our year-long interaction with that community? So this is the third year we have conducted this survey. And not surprisingly, we continue to learn a lot about the evolution and maturity of chief data officers. They are continuing to grow in their capabilities. They are continuing to enable their agencies to do an incredible amount but they are also continuing to struggle in what they are seeking to accomplish in their missions. And I think as we reflect back on the moment in time we are at, this is sort of the headline that for all of the goals and all of the enabling legislation and capacity that we have sought, this is the moment to also try to get this right. There are a lot of CDOs that existed before the Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act was put into law. And there are now CDOs that exist because of that law. And when you stratify those two cohorts, there's something interesting that happens. Some have resources and some don't. And if you look at the State Department, the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Agriculture, they've really mastered how to demonstrate the value of enabling data and the data governance and establishing data standards and using data. And there are other agencies that I think are still really struggling to have more than a single person operation. And so this really comes through in the results that we see in our survey this year. There are some agencies that are really maturing the function of chief data officers. And there are some agencies that are still trying to figure out how they get to the next level. And so this is the question to grapple with at this moment in time. How do we continue to push agencies to that next level? Oh my goodness, this is a storyline that resonates with me, Nick. Thank you for calling out the progress at the Department of Homeland Security. I have a little bit of sweat equity there. I see it, the haves and the have-nots, and how, how can the haves sort of let the have-nots sort of into the secret of their success, right? Matt Gravis at the State Department, brilliant, as the Center for Analytics, um, it's creating a lot of progress across the bureaus inside of the State Department. He has a great storyteller and a great sort of understanding of how to create progress in small chunks that he can tell that story by. How do we get though that capability, that storytelling capability into those CDOs who are still struggling with 
uh, what is governance? How do I get people to pay attention to stewardship? The data standards are important, but I can't get anyone to use them. So how do we sort of light a fire under that storytelling that gets senior executives excited about supporting uh, the CDOs with resources? And unfortunately, there's, there's not a singular answer here. But you've just called out the Department of State. And I think, you know, it's a good example of where uh, an agency has its own data strategy. And it's something that the Secretary of State has called out in conferences and sessions and has taken some ownership in. And there's a very important message about having not just the chief data officer take ownership in the importance and the value of using data, but having it sort of run through the very culture of the agency and having the secretary or the deputy secretary or the senior leadership really resonate with the message about what can be done. And they've, they've done that at state and it exists and they talk about it and they use it. And it's so powerful. And it it's why there are not just three people working on the data governance activities at state. There are dozens in the CDO office. And then it, it trickles through the rest of the department. It's so powerful. Seeing you two get so excited about this, it's kind of making me giggle a little bit. One of the things that we surface and have surfaced the last three years, Nick, is the inability of CDOs, even those that have the resources, to recruit and retain the talent they need to accomplish what they're being asked to do. Government traditionally has difficulty recruiting and retaining its workforce across the board. Here we're talking about specialized skills, skills that aren't that can't even be poached from other agencies, which is a common tactic to fill your workforce. So what are you seeing is what's working in this arena, and what hope do you have that will really be able to significantly advance the competencies of chief data officer offices across the government? Yeah, and a number of the CDOs reported in, in this year's survey challenges around recruitment. Uh, at the same time, a number of the CDOs did admittedly report that they did not have unfilled positions to fill. Uh, but we know this is an issue that persists across everything from uh, topics around artificial intelligence to data governance to statistical functions in government. It is not a topic that is unique to this year's survey. Uh, it's something that we've actually identified as a trend across the last several years. And Robert, as you know, maybe better than I do, or this is a challenge that we've seen for really decades about federal hiring and, and ensuring that we have the right skill sets in government. This is something that we've actually seen some interesting activities out of the CDO Council just in the last year, uh, really thinking about how they can strategically hire and uh, train the next generation of folks coming in. Uh, they've been coming up with some creative ways, including some shared certifications across the CDO offices that they've been trying to work collaboratively. And if anything, this is actually one of the great benefits of the CDO Council and having a community of practice where the CDOs are coordinating across agencies to fill those gaps and identify how you know one agency can see benefits across another agency and align some of the resources. So it's not a go it alone strategy. So you know I, I think there's there's a lot to be said about how we can align those capabilities across multiple agencies at the same time. I saw the CDO Council uh, last year take on the mass hiring of data scientists, and and it's always been my theory, being a long-term data nerd, that for every data scientist, you need four or five people to keep them highly occupied and not wasting their time. Data engineering is a, a discipline, I think, that we have not focused on enough. What's the next sort of set of career goals for the CDO Council to rally around and increase the hiring of? 
are they talking about uh, going beyond data science and, and getting into um, some of the data architecture, data engineering, sort of the things that you need to do to make a data scientist sort of, you know, impactful? I think that would be an interesting question to ask the CDO council and the, some of the CDOs exactly what what goals and and topics they're interested in. My suspicion is in this moment in time, some of the topics that they are in great need of include themes around cybersecurity and privacy protection and de-identification risks. Uh, and I, I know that there are some CDOs that are particularly tracking topics like zero trust architecture and some of those emerging themes that are intersecting that they are kind of struggling with how to connect the dots on. Those are definitely not data science disciplines, but sort of broader data disciplines, and I'd expect them to be struggling. So what, what surprised you in the most recent results that you weren't expecting? So one of the great surprises to us was actually a new question that we added to the survey this year, which was the results of should there be a federal CDO? And we added this question because of one of the challenges that we've observed, which is there is currently not guidance to implement Title II of the Evidence Act, uh, a piece of legislation. Well, I was wondering when you slipped that in there. You knew I was going to talk about this. <laughs> I did. I did. So while, while there is a CDO council, there are co-chairs of the CDO council, they are fantastic leaders of the CDO community. At the Office of Management and Budget right now, today, there is not a natural leader of the CDO community. And this relates, of course, to the lack of guidance that exists. So we asked this question, should there be a federal CDO? And the conclusion is across the CDOs, yes. Overwhelmingly, the CDO community believes there should be a federal CDO, a great majority of them. And so what that would mean in translation is that there could be somebody at the Office of Management and Budget that would be the natural champion for them. And, uh, you know, somebody who's a partner for the chair of the CDO community who sits within the enterprise of the executive office of the president, who can work alongside the chief statistician of the United States, who works alongside the chief information officer of the United States, who can also help usher out the guidance and help be a champion for resources and help maybe collaborate and communicate with Congress about the value and the needs of the CDO community but also help communicate maybe better with the American public about what the CDOs are doing and the impact that they're making. So a natural ally and a natural communicator to help do some of these needs. Yeah, you know, these needs. you and I got a lot of sh guff ab about <laughs> the proliferation of chiefs by recommending a chief evaluation officer and a chief data officer, you'll recall. I'm not sure there's a good answer to that question because really leadership focus is such an important ingredient in the recipe for success that I'm not sure there's a, a good explanation why not to do it. But what would you say about how those positions are coordinating together, the chief evaluation officer and the chief data officer, in the case of the chief evaluation officer, has that enhanced or diluted the focus on evidence-based policymaking? Well, interestingly, we've started to see areas and agencies where the chief evaluation officer, the CDO, and the statistical official created and designated under the Evidence Act are actually collaborating as intended. And then they're collaborating with the other chiefs. So the we Department of have Education... Like a, a fireworks, give, we should have a fireworks um, sound. That's right. Like, yeah. uh, yeah. I, I think the system is working especially well at agencies yeah. like the Department of Education, where it already had mm -hmm. some existing infrastructure. Uh, and it's it's almost a model for what other agencies should be looking at. 
Now, if you take out in the coordination at a place like OMB, you know, one of the leaders, then it creates a gap in how some of the guidance and infrastructure is then flowing down. So it's not to say that the ecosystem can't work correctly if there is a gap. And certainly there are folks at OMB that recognize how this coordination can happen. But it does create some challenges for the community and then kind of working on the back end to all smoothly collaborate when there is not guidance, for example, for the CDOs when there should be. Some of that guidance is related to, to the implementation of zero trust, which has the CIO's full attention and the CISO's full attention. And yet I often find the CDOs not part of the conversations on how to move that forward. Um, I see Zero Trust as a big data initiative, not big data, a significant data initiative around understanding the data of your users, the data of your devices, and the safeguarding of that data. I'm interested in your thoughts on how that's progressing in the CDO Council. Um, my sense, and I have not explicitly asked this question, so I'm just going to give you my sense, yeah. Yeah. is that they are all very much tracking it. Many of the CDOs we know are also closely aligned with their CIOs, and in fact, some are reporting directly to the CIOs. So this is something that they're intimately working on. But like you've just acknowledged, uh, many of them are also struggling to to figure out how it's integrated into the day to day, and uh, you know this is an area where I think many are also seeking better guidance and more guidance. So I mean this is definitely an area to improve upon as we're going forward into the year ahead. I think this is a great area to focus on top down O and D. If there were a CDO, could they provide more clear guidance on what that really means to integrate? So Nick, uh, we're out of time, and you've been on too many times as it is. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. Thanks for your, your leadership in the chief data officer community, the evidence-based policymaking community, and your commitment to giving them a voice through this survey. We enjoyed working out with you and, and look forward to doing it in the future. I can't tell you how giddy I was when the Evidence Act came out. I immediately read it 500 times looking for hints of how does this mature the overall government approach to data I spent 13 years yelling what I felt like was into the forest of nowhere around data. And so it was a great movement. I'm thankful to both of you who have pushed that over the line. We're kindred but spirits. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm also happy to know someone else read it 500 times. Oh, <laughs> goodness. I like carried it around with me. <laughs> Nick, thanks a lot. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, a weekly podcast brought to you by GuideHouse.